Have you ever wondered what it actually takes to pursue a career you want and start your own business? Well, I wondered and I did exactly that. I'm Karen Thomas, founder of Signature Branding and creator and producer of the number one retrospective podcast for starting your entrepreneurial journey. Join me as I reflect on the setbacks, milestones and lessons learned whilst transitioning straight out of teaching and straight into business. Hello, thank you for coming back to yet another edition of Straight Into Business. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today's episode is all about the telltale signs that you are self-sabotaging your own business like a bitch. I felt inspired to record this episode today because I feel like this weekend I have literally just come out of what has been yet another social media funk. I feel like I was in one for a while, a good maybe like two weeks where I just didn't feel like posting anything, wasn't really interested in what was going on there and was basically avoiding it. And it got me thinking about this journey and my journey as an aspiring entrepreneur slash entrepreneur slash micropreneur and the pattern of self-sabotaging behaviour that I think I have started to recognise in myself and I guess I'm using social media or this has been the trigger for me on this occasion and usually I'd kind of go, I'd take a different route into explaining why I've been avoiding social media and why I haven't been as active and usually that route would be something to do with all the noise that is generally generated on social media whether it's Facebook, Instagram etc but I'm looking at it from a different angle today because of the voice memo that you guys will hear shortly. I'm purposely looking at it from the point of view of self-sabotaging and I wanted you guys to be aware of some of the telltale signs because it's so I think it's done so subconsciously that you'd be in denial almost that you are doing these things because you, you that's not what your intention is and so I wanted to give you some practical tips on how to counteract that behavior but also obviously being able to recognize it first. So this weekend I jumped on to Instagram live because I felt like I had a few things that I wanted to get off my chest. Amongst giving a general update on what I've been up to, I wanted to make an announcement about my Instagram. And the announcement I wanted to make was that I have changed my social media content plan software. So I had been using Hootsuite to schedule, upload and auto post everything that I've got on Instagram. I've now changed that to plan, which I'm really excited about. I keep going on about it because I I didn't realise how important certain aspects of Instagram was to me. And Instagram is ridiculously visual. And I didn't realise how much, how important it was for me to have all of my images laid out in the correct order, sort of next to each other, next to complementing colours and next to relevant content in order to tell your story correctly. And 
I wasn't really getting that from any of the other software because you would upload content and it wouldn't necessarily load up in the same order which I had already planned it in a different template basically. So the reason why I'm saying that is because I've had a new lease of life when it comes to Instagram. I've set up all my posts, they're ready to go, I'm really happy with the way that they look but prior to that I'd fallen back into this trap of not posting anything. Like I said, and I don't know if it's just me, but I generally do have a hard time with what I would consider to be long term stint consistency when it comes to posting. And I think I see these patterns in other people that I follow where, you know, there'll be some consistency for a considerable amount of time, maybe one or two weeks, and then it kind of drops off. And if anything like me, it doesn't necessarily drop off because you don't have content. It might drop off because the software program that you're using will only let you upload a particular number of posts at one time, especially if you're using a free subscription. Or it might be that halfway through posting everything that you wanted to post, you just got tired and you thought, I'll just come back to that, you know, in two weeks time. But then two weeks time rolls around and you don't get around to it. But by the by, I ended up falling off that social media wagon again. And it's got me thinking about, like I said, my own business pattern. And I've noticed that anytime there's a significant change to my schedule, either if it's because of work work, as in for me, teaching work, or if it's, you know, holiday based, I take a step back from my business. And I recognise that I've done this historically which is probably a good segue to introduce today's trip down memory lane, which was August 2017. I'd just come home from an overseas trip. I had managed to keep the ball rolling whilst I was at home. But as soon as I came home, I was just slacking, as in as soon as I came back to Australia, because I went home to the UK. As soon as I came back to, the Austra- uh, back to Australia, I was just slacking on everything, even on opportunities which seems crazy to me especially again in those relatively early stages when you're meant to be really keen and eager to kind of make things happen and so I'm basically leading into historically when it's happened with me on Instagram but not just with Instagram and not just with social media it's been with quite a few different things but anyway have a listen and then we will dissect afterwards Hi, so it's the 6th of August uh, 2017, um, episode number 15 or excerpt number 15 in Diary of an Amateur Hustler. I've not said much in here for a while because it's been crazy busy when I think about it. Like my trip home was amazing. I'm sure the last um, time I commented was actually when I was at home, so that was really good. Um, I had a trip to Dubai on the way back. Um, I must admit, though, I feel like I've slackened off with the business side of things and I know I have a tendency to be quite hard on myself when I feel like I should be getting things done, but I've not actually created anything or even, like, um, committed to my Instagram posts. And I think there's, there is that element of perfection syndrome that's creeping in on me because I... I, I kind of want things done in a certain way. I've got all these plans. I almost feel like I'm blocking myself from doing a lot. I've had a lot of people 
asking me for things and you know my friend Amy's asking me about designing a website and setting um, her partner up with some stuff for his business and I really want to help but it almost seems like I'm stopping myself from doing it by not committing to it which is strange so I need to get that out of the way I also wasn't runner-up in the paperless competition with designs that I'm actually really proud of and I've not yet sent those across so I need to send those across because you know they are that's going to be a good foot in the door for me and I, I kind of need to have make that happen um but yeah I think last week was a bit of a blur to be honest and I need to find my way back to back to that spot I need to make sure that I'm on top of school I need to make sure I'm top of the design because the bottom line is I'm I'm out do you know what I mean I'm going and and I need to still be in that process I've got five months to set myself up essentially um in regards to that and leaving and how I'm feeling I've had a few of those like oh moments however because I am quite well accustomed too drastic change now I feel like everything that I'm feeling is completely normal things are going to seem better <laughs> I say that school sucks actually I'm not going to lie I love people that's the bottom line love people um, but yeah I I've actually lost my train of thought but I'm not going to speak too long because I've got lots to do um, but yeah still ready to leave like you wouldn't believe, got lots and lots and lots to do. Yeah, my friend Sean, I've just remembered she's asked me to do some stuff. So I kind of just need to get my head back in the game. Anyway, ironing clothes, getting ready for Monday, getting my head ready, getting into that frame of mind. Peace out, A-Town. So listening back to that, if I was making excuses for myself, I would say something like I'd been on holiday I needed a break too. I needed some time to get back into work after the holiday and those kind of things. However, I don't want to give myself that out if I'm going to be completely honest. And I want to be accountable for what I know reflecting back on that nearly two years later. I know I was avoiding doing stuff. I was distracted. I had just come back from England. I'd just been to Dubai. I'd had this really great time. And then the idea of like getting back into business just didn't seem as like exciting. But I think that's when I said earlier that self-sabotage is so discreet and that you won't actually realise that you are doing it. That's exactly what I mean. So you heard me talk about the Instagram again. And the fact that I'd not posted anything in ages because I wanted everything to look a particular way. And I think that's why I was going on about Instagram so much at the, at the, at the top of this podcast, because that kind of leads into that first telltale sign that you're self-sabotaging in your own business. And it's perfectionism. So much perfectionism means that we are creating a state of debilitation within our own business and within ourselves in terms of not doing anything. So I was under the impression, and if I'm completely honest, it's only been in the last, maybe last two months or so that I've started to look at my Instagram different. I feel like I've been putting so much pressure on myself 
over the course of, what, two years to have this really beautifully curated Instagram page. And I'm not saying I don't want that now, but what that actually involved and the journey that that took for me was A, creating original content constantly in the form of the quotes, in the form of the posts that I use. I I had it in my mind that I would feel somewhat fraudulent if I was using other people's content on my page. And I've since changed my mind about that, completely changed my mind about that because I feel like there's so many, like literally hundreds and thousands of Instagram pages that are ridiculously successful and not one single picture is theirs or not one single picture belongs to the actual owner. It's all curated. It's all found, used and posted with the intention of knowing that it doesn't belong to that particular Instagram page. And so I've reached the point where I kind of feel like I've had to accept that there is nothing wrong with using images that don't belong to you. In an ideal world, I would have streams of original content that is all mine, but that in itself then goes against and counteracts the idea of consistency and posting consistently on social media. And I really don't think, I think there's a pressure to post consistently, post original content, make that content great, That because that's the message that you get projected back to you from most social media marketing gurus but that is not currently working for me and that is what leads to perfectionism which ultimately leads to me not posting jack all because I feel the pressure to meet those three requirements and it's just not realistic for me personally I've had to let it go I don't always have that content and it doesn't actually necessarily result in having the perfect page you know what's the perfect page now is not necessarily the perfect page three months later and that's kind of what I've just gone through realizing that I am going to start using other content to enhance my page but also enhance my content as well the second sign that you are self-sabotaging your own business is that of procrastination the beast of procrastination. Now, I never actually thought that I was a huge procrastinator. And the reason why, and it's funny because this will actually lead into telltale sign number three, and it'll, it'll kind of make sense how it fits in there, but I never thought I was a procrastinator because I'm always doing something. And so when you're always doing something, if you've got a list of things to do, when you are ticking off the jobs on that list, You don't see yourself as procrastinating. But when I really reflected on on some of the setups that I've created for myself, it's really kind of smacked me in the face in terms of how much I can procrastinate by doing those jobs that I think in that moment are relevant and important, but on reflection, they're not really. So procrastination to me, and I think... I've gone through this like very recently as well, is actually putting off so much stuff, but so much really important stuff. So I have been putting off responding to emails. I have been putting off chasing money up, 
like money that I'm owed, I will actually like put off doing that. I have also put off any activity that means I have to generate, directly generate sales or try and find new clients. That's the work that I tend to put off the most. And again, I don't want to go into that too much right now, but because I'm going to talk about it more in um, the third the third sign. But the best example I have for that is this summer. I spent the best part of maybe three days working on a new design guide where it just had samples of my work. It had some really great copy in terms of the service that I provide and the audience and all that kind of stuff. And it was actually targeted. I had a, I had a LinkedIn strategy and the, the plan was I was going to go into LinkedIn I was going to look for a heap of event planners and I guess marketing managers and anyone who I feel would have some use for my service in terms of graphic design. So I really wanted to get into, like quite heavily, I wanted to get into corporate events and designing station for corporate events. So I thought, well, if I start looking for corporate planners, you know, getting a list, I went, I went through Got a whole list of people on LinkedIn, probably probably got a list of about 20 people, all with the intention of wanting to approach those people via LinkedIn or email, whichever I could find the fastest, with that information. And then what happened was I started reading, even though that was my plan, and no one told me that's what you should do. I just thought, nah, this seems like a good plan based on based on something similar I'd done previously with um, the wedding, contacting wedding stylists. And that's actually how I ended up working with Star by Baru because of this approach that I'd taken. And so rather than just executing that plan, I started looking for articles about how to approach people on LinkedIn. And lo and behold, the feedback that I got from the articles was pretty much you're committing a cardinal sin by doing this, it's sticky, it's icky, it's nasty, it's old school sales, it's it's like people don't want to be bombarded, blah, 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 blah. And so straight away, that put me off, put me off. Um, I didn't come up with an alternative. I just thought, oh, maybe I don't want to do that now. And like I said, I'd spent, I'd invested like three days or something, like just working on this really nice document that I've still got. And I never sent it to anyone. Instead, I think what I did was I ended up thinking, oh, well, I'll just add them onto Facebook and then I'll see if we can do the soft sell where they will see my content and then come to me and blah, blah, blah. No, that, that, you know, that was, that was two months ago now and that wasn't effective. That, that didn't work out. And I look back now and I just wish that I'd had the balls to just, to execute that plan as I had intended. And there's no reason why I can't still do that, but I just know that in that moment, I found something else to do rather than doing, I guess, the the direct approach, which for me, and maybe because I don't have a business, uh, uh, sorry, maybe because I don't have a background in business, my general style of approaching people, I don't associate with being slimy or smarmy or whatever and it's just literally asking people is this a service that would benefit you 
And so the power of procrastination and avoidance in that instance was pretty strong, which again is a very nice segue into that third telltale sign of self-sabotaging your own business. And that is doing what is comfortable over doing what is going to get you a result. So I briefly gave an example there of a strategy that I'd used to approach stylists. I actually was a member of Easy Weddings. They just put on an event, a networking event for members of the wedding industry. And I thought, I never really on that occasion got to really, because they place you at a particular table and you're left to network with a, a relatively small chunk of people in relation to how many people show up. And because I never had the opportunity to do a large scale network of the evening, I decided to reach out to people who were on easy weddings and who were planners or stylists and I just approached them and basically said you know I was at the last event not sure if you were there's another event that is coming up is that something that you're going to go to if so would love to network would love to talk would love to connect etc and so curated a list sent out a different version of my design guide and yeah, as a result, I, I got some, um, I guess I got a call back, I got some um, contacts and I was able to meet my dear friend Lucy, who is Lucy of Star by Varu. And we ended up forging a really positive relationship from that approach. And so in all fairness, I probably had approached maybe, I don't know, realistically, I probably approached about 30 suppliers and the one got back to me, but but that ended up being like a really fruitful and a really successful and a really positive experience. But that took work and that did require me to kind of get this list here and then directly approach people by email. And then I did have a backup plan if I was going to call them afterwards, I'd create an Excel spreadsheet. So in my opinion, like a really strategic way, I think, of approaching potential um, potential suppliers. And I also remember, oh, it must have been about a year ago now. In fact, it was about a year ago because I think I'd done my first market when I was concentrating on my greeting cards. Actually, it was February. I remember it was February last year and it was all about the greeting cards. I designed some Valentine's Day cards and I designed them in January just kind of off the cuff, really, because I previously designed a small sample at Christmas and I thought, oh, you know what, let me just try, let me dip my toe further in the water, let me see if I can design some Valentine's Day cards. So I did some really funky black and white Valentine's Day cards and because I had such a short time frame for me to actually get those out, what I ended up doing, I was in, like, proper hustle mode and so... You know, I thought, okay, I'm going to literally take to the streets. I'm going to take to the shops. And I got them sold in the flower shed in Footscray and Simple Form in Seddon. And the point, I guess, why I'm what I'm making is that that stuff was the most uncomfortable stuff I had had to do up until that point. 
like to literally take my cards in my hand and go around to the shops, introduce who I am and talk about an area of wholesale that I wasn't even really experienced in and had to learn through the cues that I was receiving back from the owners of these shops with the information that I was relaying and the prices that I was asking for. And so that stuff was hella uncomfortable, but it actually worked. It really did actually work. And so definitely it's quite easy to self-sabotage when you are trying to avoid work that is uncomfortable and work that actually will get you results. So what's interesting is I look at the whole idea of self-sabotage. It's got so many psychological connotations with the concept in itself. And essentially it comes down to your habits, your own fear and your ego being at play. So most of you will have heard of the fight or flight response. It literally impacts on most things that we do, especially if we're in a situation where we feel like we are threatened or where we consider it to be somewhat stressful. And that is just such a huge factor when it comes to self-sabotage. And I think it's interesting because by nature, especially if you're in a business, of course we have good intentions for that business and we do not want to consciously sabotage that business we generally wake up and if you're anything like me you go okay how can I be productive today how can I be effective how can I get shit done I need to write a list I need to tick things off because ticking things off makes me feel good and those are the good intentions that we have your sympathetic nervous system however doesn't really want any of the logic and the reason And so fight or flight kicks in and you end up responding to all those actionable tasks as if you were a contender on Shark Tank or something, thinking that every single task essentially that you have to do is some type of a threat. And so you have to be aware of that, be so aware of that response, that stress response kicking in which is ultimately going to lead to self-sabotage in your own business. And so some practical tips that I have had to employ myself, and this is what I think kind of got me out of that social media kind of funk again. And I'll be honest, I'm not, when it comes to meditation, I'm almost like a, a faux meditator in the fact that I meditate in times of crisis and it's a practice and obviously you should be practicing the art of meditation every day but I I don't but I have been doing so recently because I was starting to become more and more aware of those self-sabotaging behaviors creeping in and so even if it's not necessarily meditation even if you don't want to call it meditation just actually breathing and being conscious of your breaths, taking really deep breaths to give yourself some time to think and just to slow everything down, to slow, especially that that panic and that fear, to actually slow that down so that you've got some room to think of the, the what ifs and how you would like it to be. 
Similarly, I have been working a lot with visualization activities recently and visualizing the future of your business and how you see that playing out and how you get there, like what it looks like, what it feels like, and writing that down as a really clear description of how you want things to be, whether it's financially, whether it is in terms of your time and how much time you want to be investing, how many hours a day you want to be working, who are you working with, what does that look like, what do you dress like, what do you feel like, visualising all that stuff, writing all that stuff down and then going back to that information every few weeks just to try and get that connection to what it is that you're striving for and where you are at the moment and thinking about how you're going to bridge that gap. Um, The other one, which is very, very psychology, and I've kind of put this label to it, which I think it is a version of. So cognitive behavioural therapy, and I'm not saying, don't, you, know, you know, I'm not talking about going all in with proper CBT and, and that kind of stuff. But the one thing that I can personally suggest or take from what cognitive behavioural therapy actually means in terms of changing thought patterns is trying to get people like yourself or, or myself to think rationally when it comes to those moments of fear and stress and where you where you stop yourself from from doing something and this is advice that I'm literally giving to myself right here right now going back to that example I gave you about LinkedIn and thinking okay yeah I've read an article that says don't contact people on LinkedIn with some sort of offer now if I was thinking about that rationally and I'd already put the work in okay I'd already put that work in knowing that you know someone's either going to read it or they're not had I been thinking rationally I still would have actually contacted those people who had generated all their information and their links and things and I would have thought I would have kind of questioned okay what are my options sending this out my options are I don't get a response okay other option is someone gets back to me and says no thanks or no, no matter how they say it, just no. Or somebody gets back to me and says, do you know what? That might be an option for us at the moment. Do you have any other examples of your work or a website or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Like it could, there's a few ways it could play out. And so by me not actually sending that information out, I will never know out of those three options what the result was. And so, yeah, just actually applying rationality to your behaviour, to your motives, to your actions, knowing what your own intentions are for carrying out certain actions. And then finally, I guess my last practical tip is something that I've also been attentive to recently. And if you, you know, can't be bothered with the breathing and the visualisation and the CBT, then good old fashioned physical exercise. So... I often will find myself in a situation where I cannot make, for whatever reason, a decision. And my brain literally just feels cloudy and sticky and I'm just like, oh, because maybe there's three separate groups of people involved in this decision and it might involve me having to cancel something with this person and then tell this person that I've double booked with them and then just commit to this other thing, whatever it might be. 
And so what I've started doing now, anytime I have any of those like really significant decisions that I have to make, I just go for a run. Like literally um, 10, 20 minutes, 10, 20 minute run, come back. And then by the grace of God, the answer has appeared in my mind or the approach which I wish to take to deal with it. And so sometimes you just need the clarity. You know what I mean? And so collectively, I think those are the practical ways in which I would deal with those telltale signs of perfectionism, procrastination, and doing what's comfortable over what gets results. So that's it. Relatively short and sweet today. I hope you have enjoyed listening. I hope there was something on there that you resonated with. If you want to seek me out, you can do so by heading to the Facebook group, Straight Into Business. I'm also on Instagram. I'm building that platform at the moment. It's ktom.biz. I'm also hanging out at signature underscore underscore branding, which is my business Instagram account. And I'm more recently hanging out at flip the script underscore AU. So Instagram all the way. I would love some feedback to see how these shows are landing. So please, if you can, leave me a review on iTunes, whether it's positive or negative. I don't believe it would be negative, but I do believe part of it would be somewhat constructive and I would take on board that constructive feedback but yeah hopefully i hear from some of you guys real soon until next time ciao for now